I'm Mark McNeely, Managing Editor of No-Till Farmer, and welcome to the latest edition of our 2018 No-Till Farmer podcast series. Our program features Bob Wolf, a veteran, application expert, and owner of Wolf Consulting and Research in Muhammad, Illinois. This presentation, titled, Do You Know Your Spray Nozzle Sweet Spot, is brought to you today by Montag Manufacturing. I encourage you to subscribe to this series currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Subscribing will allow you to receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. I'd like to take a moment to thank Montag Manufacturing for sponsoring today's episode. Montag Manufacturing is your fertilizing equipment specialist offering dry, liquid, and complete fertilizer systems, as well as auto steer carts. Montag's precision fertilizer placement solutions will reduce your rate, increase your yield, and assist your stewardship goals. A major supporter of agronomic education, Montag is also title sponsor of each of our four annual ag events and their sponsorship of this podcast allows us to share meaningful knowledge with you via audio as well. Visit their website today at www.montagmfg.com or call 712-852-4572. Today, Bob Wolf's discussion looks at sprayer nozzle technology advancement over the past 30 years and how newer, higher-pressure nozzle designs are addressing the challenges posed by current herbicide application restrictions, specifically drift reduction when applying dicamba products. A copy of Bob's PowerPoint presentation on this subject, which was given at the 2018 National No-Tillage Conference, also accompanies this podcast as a reference. This can be found on the No-Till Farmer website under Resources and under that, Podcasts. Let's join Bob as he details these important nozzle designs and what their respective operating pressure sweet spots are in relation to no-till application efficiency. The main scenario for a sprayer is to take the solution in the tank, atomize it, and distribute it, the crop protection product, uniformly over the target. So that helps us get into the focus. Now, the nozzle is not the most expensive part on that sprayer, typically, but it is the most important part. It's key. Now I did a little math in the last year or two because I wanted to emphasize that point a little bit. Because one question I get a lot is, what single nozzle can I put on a sprayer to do my job? of spraying whatever. And when I get done today, that answer will be there is not one. So a little advance notice. But let's just look at some of the boom sizes that are out there in the commercial market today. And the number of nozzles based on whether it's 20 or 15 inch spacings. So if you go to the ultimate boom length that we're hearing about, you can put about 150 nozzles onto one of those systems. But that's only part of it. Because what's the major way to set up a nozzle today? Five of them. So just take that times five. So even if the sprayer costs $500,000, you're going to wrap a little bit of money up into the nozzles that you put on there. Now there's only one other important part of this whole process, 
And this has always been my focus, and that's the operator of that machine. And there are some of you in here today that would qualify for that role. Okay, why are nozzles important? Well, I've got four things on this list. Number one, we, we put the nozzle on that sprayer, we select it for the job we're doing based on the gallons per acre that we need. And then number two, and very importantly, it has to be done in a way that will be uniform. And in other words, we have to have a little bit of nozzle observation to know that it's good and not a bad spray pattern. And that will mess with the coverage and uniformity. The last two things on the list are coverage and drift. And those are kind of the two things I'll focus on here in this talk as we go through the nozzle design. So by design, the nozzles are set up to reduce drift. And I'll have some data to show you on that. That means improved droplet size control. And the part of that is important to understand, we've eliminated some of the small droplets out of that developed pattern that are the ones that are critical for the drift issue. And then there's an overall emphasis on spray quality, and this is really starting to take shape. It's developed over the last few years, but that's referencing some terms of droplet size, which I'll show you in a chart a little bit later, that will greatly influence our future application processes. And we've seen some of that now in the last year as the dicamba labels become available with a specific emphasis on requirements including nozzle type, nozzle pressure, resulting in a specific drop size, and matching the drop size to the target or the product being used to control that target. So let's start, let's go back in history, greater than 30 years ago, the extended range flat fan. Very popular. Now the slides I'm gonna go through, the nozzles are set up pretty much the same as you see on the screen. They outline the pattern, the pressure. Now I wanna make a point. The second line is the operating PSI. That's the manufacturer's recommended. I'm going to give this talk the title Sweet Spot. So as you go down through that list, you'll see tapered edge flat pattern. That's all of our nozzles today. Every nozzle I'm gonna talk about today has a tapered edge flat pattern requiring positioning on the boom to have overlap. And the common overlap would be 15 to 20, 20 to 30% on each edge with a 50 to 60 combined when you put the whole nozzle together. The result of that gives you what we would call a uniform coefficient of variation or a flat spray pattern across the width of that spray boom however long it is. Now, nozzle spacings are typically 20, but we got 15s uh, also are common. Optimum spray height, that's crucial. In fact, that becomes a very important category in the dicamba discussion, and I'll focus on that tomorrow. The last line there says recommended PSI. Now, that's based on the 30 years of experience I've had in doing research and studying how to best use these nozzles to achieve our best pest control while at the same time minimizing spray drift. Thus, I've developed the nozzle sweet spot. So the manufacturer says 15 to 60, fine. That means it works there. To me, the minimum pressure of 15 is just as critical as the upper pressure. Because if you do not observe the minimum pressure, your pattern won't be open. Below that, it drops. And if you've ever run a sprayer where the pressure dropped on that system for some reason, 
below that nozzle's rated low pressure, what happened to it? Pattern went down and maybe shut off. Didn't spray. Okay, so I'm calling it 20 to 25. That nozzle can be very successful there, and at that pressure, it's gonna have a lower drift potential. Now let's take this to the image set. So I've got two XR flat fan spraying here, one at 35 PSI, one at 40. One's an 04 orifice, one's an 05. The 05 is a bigger orifice. We've always advised you as one method to reduce spray drift was use a bigger orifice at a higher gallons per acre and a lower pressure. Now that lower pressure is not really a factor on this screen, but you can see that the 05 probably has just a little bit bigger droplet spectrum. Now I want you to keep those droplets in mind as I move through this talk, and at the end I'll bring those pictures back as a comparison. So here's where I stand after the last 10 years in this business. I do not recommend this nozzle anymore. Now normally I'd ask my audience who's still using them, and I cover my eyes so I can't see your answer, but I can't see you anyway, so I'm not gonna ask. But if you are, I would suggest that they be pulled and they be replaced because we have better technology today that can do what that nozzle was designed to do 30 plus years ago, give good coverage. So this nozzle has a very, very high potential for spray drift and I'll show you some data to support that. And it will not ever be a part of a dicamba tolerant package. Let's move to nozzle number two on my discussion today. And this is the one that's just under 30 years old. It, it came into play after I started this career. So I followed it from the beginning. In fact, I was one of the first researchers that put this in the field and tried it against various products and efficacy. This is the turbo, Turbulation Chamber Flat Fan. It's available from T-Jet. It's a design of theirs. It has a chamber, it has a pre-orifice, it has a secondary chamber and an exit orifice. So what's changed here in this design is the exit orifice now becomes the pattern developer. It has nothing to do with the flow amount. So the pre-orifice is the measuring amount. So in this picture, it's a red 04. That means it would flow 4 tenths of a gallon at 40 PSI. But the point I want you to catch here is that pre-orifice. That's the metering point. It has a wider spray pattern. It has a different operating pressure according to the manufacturer. In fact, when this nozzle was first introduced, it was a very good nozzle for our modern day spray equipment, which was self-propelled, higher speed, longer boom systems. Because it had one of the most uniform spray patterns in the marketplace at that time, and it had the ability when that boom started waving around a little bit to keep that pattern uniform. Same kind of overlap, sweet spot, 30 to 40. Now this nozzle is the one I have to recommend to you for any coverage products that you're thinking about. This replaces the XR. Now I don't have it in motion, but if you look, you'll see that there are less small droplets and some bigger ones. So the drift reduction difference here over the XR at a similar pressure would be about 16% less. So by the engineering design of this tip, if you changed it out with an XR, you'd have 16% less drift. And in all my research, I've never had any sacrificed coverage and efficacy. Okay, here's the XR. I guess I got ahead that slide. There's the XR and the turbo T-Jet side by side. You can see the difference in the droplets. <clears throat> okay, a line is drawn through here, which means that it doesn't fit all purposes anymore either. 
It will not be a herbicide-tolerant nozzle, just because it has the higher drift potential, but not as high as the XR. But if you're applying anything in your program that requires coverage, like glufosinate, any kind of fungicide, any kind of insecticide, germoxone, those require coverage to work. This nozzle works well for that purpose. This nozzle works well, and I've said that for years, and it does, it's still there, still, still prominent. Now, I also like this nozzle because it has a twin head version. And there's some of you in this audience I know that are old enough to think that when I say twin, I'm talking about this thing up here in the top with the X through it. That's the old T-Jet twin. And if you'll notice, that's red. And what that, it has two outlets. And each one of those outlets on the old style was an O2. On the new design, each outlet is independent of the flow. The pre-orifice meters it, so if it's red, it's an 04. It's just split into two patterns. Coverage improvement. So that's an excellent nozzle as well. In fact, I would probably rate it, if you're switching out your XRs to a chamber nozzle, this would be one you'd want to give some thought to. Just remember that if it's a single or a double, it's the same flow it's just split into two patterns, and that just changes the angle of the coverage. Okay, this nozzle is also a chambered flat fan, but it's a special nozzle. It's not that common unless you might happen to have a Case IH, in the past, a Case IH sprayer equipped with AIM command or pulse width technology from Capstan. And Wilger had a nozzle that fit that system very well. It still fits that system very well, though there's been some changes in the pulse market over the last two to three years. There's still a place in the market for this. It's a chambered flat fan. It has some of the characteristics that we've already covered, and it has a sweet spot, 30 to 40, but it's not built to go on a common nozzle body. It has to be a Wilger nozzle body. So it's not been one that I've highly recommended to people to switch out. There's no reason to because of the complications of using what's called an adapter. Now they'll be glad to provide you the adapters if you want to go that route. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to buy a Case IA sprayer or a sprayer equipped with a Wilger boom, then it'll already be set with that system. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now there's two versions currently, and a third one just released in 2017 for the dicamba market. So the DR, MR, and now the UR are their popular nozzles, and they have ER as well, but I'm not talking about that today. So on the left-hand side is the DR, on the right side is the MR, and you can get a feel for the drop size you're seeing there, which one would be better for coverage, which one would be better for drift control. And I don't have a video yet of the new UR, but it would be out on the far left-hand side of that screen in a bigger droplet category based on the dicamba situation. Okay, next design. Now we're changing again. We had pre-orifice. First of all, we had just orifice. Then we had pre-orifice. Now we're going to air induction design. Venturi designs, and there's two categories that I'm gonna cover here, low pressure and then higher pressure. So the first one I'm gonna cover, and then I'll have some pictures later to help you understand what the Venturi means, would be the low pressure Venturis that were created a few years ago from all the companies, basically. And I've got T-Jet, Hypro, <clears throat> and Greenleaf shown here on the screen. They're all very similar. But that Venturi design allows nozzles to be used at higher pressure and still have less drift. 
And that's a challenge for some people because what has people like me, extension educators, told applicators for years? What was the best way to reduce your drift? Low pressure, bigger tip. Now I have to go through an education process that says, with our nozzle designs, we need higher pressure to do a better job and we still have less drift. So Venturi low pressures. <clears throat> now this is an option for coverage. You just have to understand you might be using it at 50 PSI instead of 25 or 30. And with that option for coverage, it has less drift potential than the turbo T-Jet. So that would kind of fit into a scheme here. Now let's go with this picture and you can see there's bigger droplets, still a few small ones, not near as many. Let's go to the other design Venturi the high pressure, medium pressures. And this is the one that most of us would be familiar with because it was the original, and now it's been 25 years ago since these hit the US. The air induction, which is the T-Jet brand name. Greenleaf, which is over here on this right side, was the first one it introduced from Europe and then T-Jet built theirs. Air induction, air inclusion, air injection. They're all nozzles that are designed to include air in the spray process without the function of a pump. So it's a naturally occurring process. Uh, these tips have aspirators. They have an internal pressure drop of four to one. That's how the droplets get bigger and the drift gets less. Fan angles similar, operating pressures are typically higher. And you'll see there it says 30 on the low end. I've disputed that for some time. Overlap requirements similar, and I have the sweet spot circled there at 50 to 80. So over my career, I've gone from the low pressure concept with an XR turbo T-Jet flat fan now to talking to people about using 50, 60, 70, and 80 PSI for their spray jobs with this tip. Okay, let's look a little more detail. Here's an air induction cross section. Uh, the one, uh, the three that are on the screen, green, uh, green leaf, T-Jet and Hypro, those are, are three commons, there, there are some others. But I've got a blow away here, or a cutaway of the uh, air induction version, the long stem, about two inches long. You'll see the chamber, you'll see the pre-orifice, you'll see the air inlets, you'll see the Venturi, which is right there. The Venturi is a narrowed passageway. What that means is when the spray solution gets into that narrowed passageway, the speed and pressure changes. Now what is a Venturi? Some of you can remember a Venturi from your older days when you had a lawnmower you pushed through the yard that had a tube that went down in the gas tank and sucked gas. And how that function was, the carburetor had a throat of air. And in the middle of that throat was a narrowed passageway. And when the air went through there, it created a vacuum. What did it do to the gas? Sucked it up into that stream. This is in reverse. You got spray going through the nozzle. It hits there, it gets into a high speed scenario, it creates a vacuum, creates a vacuum, a pressure difference, so the air inlets allow air to be sucked. So as I tell most of my audiences, these nozzles suck. And that's a good thing, because they're sucking air. Then it puts it into that mixing chamber, it combines the air and the spray droplets together and spits them out through the exit orifice is twice the size of the pre-orifice, and that has to be by design. If you have a small exit orifice, you'll back the Venturi up and it won't function. You'll also notice I've added up there what I said before, there's a pressure drop in that tip of about four to one. One of the issues that first came around with this tip when it was used 
we were so used to using low pressure, like 30 and 40 PSI, when this tip went on the sprayer at 30 and 40 PSI, the pattern was poor. Now here's the AI at pressure adjustments from 10 to 80. And as you look closely, you'll notice it takes about up to 40 PSI to get that pattern open to where it should be, 110 degrees or so. And then as you move forward, you've got 50 and 60 where it's an acceptable pattern. And as you go a little bit, as you go into 70 and 80, we start to show a little drift potential. And the reason I've boxed that off in the 50-60 range is that's a slide I also use in the dicamba training because that's where we're talking to use the, the tips for that process. In fact, the label prevents us from going above 60. The last nozzle is also a high-pressure Venturi design, but it's a relatively new, I'm saying 10 years, design. It's a turbo T-jet flat fan with a Venturi segment. So the one on your left, a single outlet TTI, which happens to be the dicamba nozzle famous that we will discuss, has the combination of the pre-orifice and the air induction. The chamber, pre-orifice, and air induction. By far, it's the best drift reduction nozzle available today, if that's your number one goal. And in fact, that's why the EPA chose this nozzle. Sweet spot, 50 to 80. It does have a twin head version. It's a little different design if you look detailed at the cutout. And it has a lower sweet spot for the twin. And I don't have a good uh, video of that pattern, but it does have some big droplets and that'd be roughly what it's shaped like. This nozzle um, is just relatively new and there's not a lot of data on it yet. Uh, this slide represents a lot of focus today in the nozzle market, the twin outlets. And all I can advise you today, and I've done some research to support their success, just keep your eyes and ears open as you move forward because these nozzles will become more practical to use. In fact, the Greenleaf versions up here have been approved on the Dicamba label uh, in 2017. Okay, here's the TTI. That's the drift reduction nozzle. Notice how big the droplets are, then there's a very few smalls. <clears throat> Here's the TTI, the TDXL from Greenleaf, and the Hypro ULD. Now they're all on the list of approval for drift reduction. There are some differences. Uh, the TTI on the left is probably gonna have your best drift control, while the others won't be too far behind it. And those are all approved nozzles for dicamba as well. Now here's a data slide I want to share with you. This was actually prepared by BASF and some work that they did using the water sensitive paper as a demo. But they took the XR11004, the AIXR11004, and the TTI1004, 40 PSI, which is equivalent to running 10 gallons to the acre, 20 PSI, uh, 12 mile an hour. That would be what it would be like on a spray system. The drift potential with the XR under those conditions down there at the bottom, 32% of the fines are driftable in our measurement. Now, if you're putting on 10 gallons to the acre and 32% of that is drifting, how many gallons is that? You guys got math skills, that's three gallon plus of drift. Now, that's not a good thing. That's not efficient. The AIXR knocks that down to 6%. The TTI, the TT is not on this picture, but it would be between the XR 
and the AIXR. I told you it was about 16%. And then on the far right is the TTI at less than 1%. And that's at 40, even at 60 PSI, it's still at less than 1%. <clears throat> okay, here's, here's four nozzles, XR, TT, AIXR, and AI. So we've had these pictures up before, now I'm gonna throw in the middle of that the TTI. Just for your visual comparison, you can see the differences I've been talking about in terms of small droplets and large droplets. And remembering that one in the middle is our best drift, option, drift reduction option we have in terms of nozzles. We'll rejoin Bob in a moment, but I wanted to take time once again to thank our sponsor, Montag Manufacturing, for supporting our No-Till Farmer podcast series. Montag Manufacturing is your fertilizing equipment specialist, offering dry, liquid, and complete fertilizer systems, as well as auto steer carts. Montag's precision fertilizer placement solutions will reduce your rate, increase your yield, and assist your stewardship goals. A major supporter of agronomic education, Montag is a title sponsor of each of our four annual ag events, and their sponsorship of this podcast allows us to share meaningful knowledge with you via audio as well. Visit their website today at www.montagmanufacturing.com. That's www.montagmfg.com. Or call 712-852-4572. We've heard from Bob about various sprayer nozzle designs and their respective operating pressure sweet spots. Now let's listen to Bob as he covers some specific test results for drift reduction agents and how he believes that there's no one-size-fits-all nozzle that is perfect for all applications in no-till crops. A few final comments as we move through here. One nozzle does not fit all applications, my punchline. And what we have to base that on is this chart of droplet size spray quality ranging from extra fine down to ultra coarse. And the fact that we now have focus in our labels and in our products on how they function in the plant. We all know what the difference between contact and systemic is, and there's a lot of relationship that's gonna go on here as we study our nozzles and how we use them. So as an instance, fungicides and insecticides need more coverage, so they're gonna require smaller droplets on this quality scale like fine medium. Herbicides that are contact in nature would be more like medium coarse, possibly very coarse. And systemics like glyphosate, like dicamba, like 2,4-D can function with bigger drops and so they're on the bottom of this scale. Now that's the whole focus of what I need to talk to you about because one nozzle won't do all your jobs because of the products and I've got a couple about three examples here I want to share. I'm just picking on Syngenta because I've been doing some training with them and I use this product. But if, I, if you look on there, this is a, a popular trend in chemistry today. Not a new chemistry, but what happened here? They jugged up a new mix, a premix. What's in this premix? Three products. What are those three products? There's a potential that those three products in that combination do not set my droplet standard talk very well. 
If there's glyphosate in there, that requires a bigger drop. If there's anything in there that requires coverage, that requires a smaller drop. How can you put that in a sprayer and set the sprayer to do the job right? Another example, Flexstar, two products here. Again, could be differences in droplet requirements for them to work successfully. The easiest one for me to share is a very common practice out there is the combination of Roundup and a fungicide toward the tail end of the weed control season. Those products have entirely different setup requirements from terms of a droplet size coverage issue. So if you set the sprayer up to not drift the Roundup, you're not gonna get coverage with the fungicide. And if you set the sprayer up to get coverage with the fungicide, what are you setting the Roundup to do? Drift. So that's not a good practice either even though it's very common because it saves us a trip over the field. Okay, solution factor. We've talked about the nozzle. The whole focus of this dicambus discussion over the last year or two has been what happens when adjuvants are added. So I wanna share with you just a little bit. Number one, probably not gonna change the flow rate, we don't add that much, but it will change the droplet spectra. And here's an example again of photography on the, it's an XR, both cases. One with a chemical product and water, and one with the herbicide with a drift control product. The example I'm using here is interlock. And the fact that the gray concentration is not as present in the video on your right indicates the drift reduction. Okay, this is a slide showing a wind tunnel trial with several products. Now I want to point out in the center of that slide with the circle around it is water. Water tested by itself. And the dotted line or dashed line across there is the percent drift measured in that particular set. And what does that say? 25%? Okay, all the products to the right that are above that dashed line had more drift than water by itself. Now what's the story there? There's something going on with that particular product that created smaller drops with the nozzle combination we used. So that's not a good thing. The ones on the left-hand side had less drift. Those are the ones that we'd like to use. Now this is another example. Same kind of wind tunnel data with nozzles across the bottom. Starting on the left-hand side with the XR. The green bar is water alone. The purple bar is PowerMax, Roundup PowerMax added. Now this happened to be one of our early warning signs with this problem. We started seeing more drift potential when the PowerMax was in the tank. And that's one of those deals that we learned over time that there's something in the PowerMax premix that was creating the smaller drops. So by adding that in the XR, you see what it did to the drift potential. Now in this particular trial, they added interlock and brought it down. So they came from 17% down to, 10, to uh, seven. Now that's good, but that's not as good as we can go. And if we take ourselves all the way across the chart, you'll again come up with the TTI nozzle and you notice that it, by itself, without any scenarios, would have the least amount of drift. So there's very little evidence of change down at that point below 1%. So the purpose of this slide is to share with you that nozzles do make a difference. 
And with this particular case, the product in the tank made a difference. Another evaluation. There's a lot of buzz going around today about DRA, drift reduction additives. And this is really a focus on the dicamba talk, but it's good for this discussion as well. And this happened when the AI nozzle was first introduced and we were putting low pressure plus a drift reduction material in the tank and what happened to the pattern? It collapsed into a wet mop. And we learned that those will have effect. So it's not all about drift control. If you don't have a good wide pattern, what happens to your weed control? It's a problem. So we've had to learn over time that we need to raise that pressure to get that pattern back where it needs to be. And this happens to be a little trial that uh, Winfield United did last year with one of their DRAs that was approved for the dicamba process, which now has a name, official name, I believe it's called On Target. But they showed through picture evidence that yes, there were products on the dicamba approval list at low pressure recommendations that weren't meeting the standard for a good application. As I finish, nozzles, XR not recommended. I should cross it out sooner so you aren't reminded it's on there. Chamber nozzle, turbo T, pressure 30 to 40. The low pressure Venturi is 40 to 50, and the high pressure is 50 to 80 or even higher in some cases. Now, a few nozzles, odds and ends as we finish up. The Greenleaf nozzles are modular, they're interchangeable, and this is kind of a modern picture from them, but you'll notice the Venturis across the bottom are all blue. That means they're O3s, and the caps that go on there are typically designed to be twice. So the caps are, in this case, it's gray. That's an O6. The next one over is black, and you'll notice it has two tips. Now it has a red and a yellow. That's equal to six. That number sound familiar? It's double. So the, the flow is the O3. The tips are on there just to control the pattern and the pattern direction. Now the fact that it's black has nothing to do with that picture, but the next one over is an O3-D. And you'll notice that's a white cap, not a gray cap. So a white equals eight. So Greenleaf recently has added a bigger cap in the presence of bigger droplets for drift control. So a lot of their nozzle promotions today focus around the D versions. And the D version is on the complete right with the double, and you notice in there, it's an O3, so that should require a six. But what's it have? It has a brown five and a blue three, that's eight. And then the one I had in a previous picture was an 04. It had a six and a four, which was a 10. Okay, next picture, nozzles for fertilizer on wheat. I thought it'd be a good scenario here to bring up. And we don't necessarily atomize our fertilizer, so there are nozzles designed for the purpose of streaming it, putting it on in a different fashion. And then there also is a nozzle out there that's not been that popular in the agriculture market, and that's the very rate nozzle that has a spring and a diaphragm that can be flexible on rate. Now, this is an important concept. We'll see more of those types of nozzles in the future as we go into variable rate applications, true variable rate applications. 
If you're doing variable rate in a conventional sprayer today, you're probably doing it through pressure control, and what's that do to your drop size control? Throws it all over the place. So we're looking at this concept to be good, and in fact, you see the different colored caps, those focus on the drop size. Okay, then the last picture I put up here uh, is kind of a two-fold picture. It's a boomless type nozzle. It's a popular one that people can put on the end of a boom for that fence row consideration or brush row consideration or on a four-wheeler for pasture consideration. Thanks again to Bob Wolf, his extensive experience in application training as well as his knowledge of the evolution of spray nozzle designs affords him unique insights into the choices available to no-tillers when it comes to sprayer nozzle efficiency. Also, more information is available from Bob on dicamba-specific spraying tips via a previous No-Till Farmer podcast episode that aired earlier this year on March 9th. I urge you to listen to that as well. If you would like to hear more podcasts about plant and soil health and successful strategies for no-tilling, please visit notillfarmer.com forward slash podcasts. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Montag Manufacturing, for helping to make this No-Till Farmer podcast series possible. If you have any feedback on today's episode, feel free to drop me an email at mcneely at lessonermedia.com. That's M-M-C-N-E-E-L-Y at lessonermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2404. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or at the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You can also keep up on the latest no-till farming news by registering online for our No-Till Insider Daily and weekly email updates, as well as Dryland No-Tiller Eden newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at No-Till Farmer, with Farmer spelled F-A-R-M-R, and on our No-Till Farmer Facebook page. For Bob Wolf, Montag Manufacturing, and our entire staff here at No-Till Farmer, I'm Managing Editor Mark McNeely. Thank you for listening. Thank you.